Having a baby is no small feat, and it's especially no small feat as a wedding planner, but you can do it, and I'm going to give you loads and loads of pointers in this episode. Welcome to the Refined Podcast with Amber Anderson, where wedding planners like you come to be encouraged and challenged through radical honesty, tough love, and brilliant ideas. As a former personal trainer turned wedding planner and now educator, Amber is known for helping wedding planners grow through her no BS yet considerate and thoughtful approach. The Refined Podcast tackles the issues you think about but fear bringing up, all with Amber's trademark sass and wit. So as you listen, be sure to hit that subscribe button, making sure you never miss that one little nugget that could change it all for you. Hello, refiners. Welcome back to another episode of the Refine Podcast. This is going to be a great topic. I hope a lot of you tune in. We get lots and lots of questions about having a baby while being a wedding planner, and I hope to offer some great pointers and encouragement for you today. I have some real things to share, as always. We've got rainbows and butterflies, but we've got we've got the truth over here too. So let's dive right in, okay? One of the biggest questions I get is, do I plan around my seasons? Do I plan my pregnancies around my seasons? Well, okay, well, first off, let's start with the idea that like some of you are listening that already have children, okay? Some of you are listening that don't have children. I think for the sake of just like getting all the knowledge out there, right? I'm going to approach this episode as if you are listening and are having your first child, okay? Because if you already have a second, if you already have a child, then you've, you've already navigated some of these things, even if it was in a different career, okay? So just the things that you know, let it just keep going, okay? Well, let's approach this as if we're talking about first-time parenthood, okay? I think that'll give a little bit of context, okay? So one of the things that I sometimes am asked or I'm asked quite a bit is, do I plan my pregnancy around seasons? Okay. Different markets have different seasons here. At this point, we're kind of working all year long, but spring and fall are our big ones. Summer, it's so hot. Who wants to get married 110 degrees when it's like humid as freaking, you may as well be inside the pool. Okay. So my answer to that is you do you. And quite frankly, like you can try and plan all you want. Like we kind of all know how babies are made. I would hope at this point, and we can, you know, maybe aim for certain things, but like, good luck planning it. But there's your first truth bomb. Okay. So like, great, perfect world. Get out there. You try it. it happens in the first month, two or three, whatever. Okay. But for a lot of us, it doesn't happen that way. And there is no planning. So the sooner we can wrap our minds around that and have realistic expectations about like what planning even involves when it comes to having a baby. So, so that's another thing. There are going to be things in this episode that are related to those of you that are wanting to start a family and are not yet expecting. Okay. So there's that too. You do you, if you want to plan it down to a T and that makes more sense for you, then do it. But just know that I had two busy season babies and everything works out. It was the hardest thing I had ever done. Mm, I'm not even going to go there, but like, there are some things that you would be like, huh, how is that harder than those things? Okay. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I survived. I lived, I have a thriving business. Things are good. Okay. You can do it. The rest works out. You do you. If you, you want to plan around it, go for it. If it doesn't work out or that's what ends up happening, it's okay. It's okay. Next question I get asked a lot. Do I tell my clients? Do I tell my vendors? Like, what does this look like? And then we're going to roll into like, what about the sales process when they see this baby bump? And they're like, mm, okay, we're going to talk about that next. Do I tell my clients? This is a personal choice. I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't do, what you should do. I can experience share a little bit, but 
I think there's a lot of personal choice that goes into this. I would advise from a science and from a business perspective to at least wait until that 13 week point or, and I say that five years after having my baby and maybe the science has changed there a little bit in the sense of like, they're doing some more testing a little bit earlier on and, and can tell some more things. I don't know. I might be a little bit more ignorant in that at this point, but I think maybe it's still the 12, 13 week mark that it's bioscientific standards, like considered safe zone to start announcing. Right. Yeah. Someone messaged me if that's wrong. I'd kind of just like to know. Okay. So from a business perspective, I would encourage you to at least at a minimum wait until that point. Okay. Obviously that first trimester, that first section, you might have to tell some people in the sense of like, you may be dog sick. Okay. I was so, so, so sick with my first one. I was in bed until 4 PM every day morning sickness. No, how about all day sickness? Then I got up and like kind of moved around a little bit and got back in bed for three months. Okay. So there's no getting around to that. Like people just had to know at that point I needed help. I couldn't, there was no hiding that. So do what you can, but if you're feeling fine enough to kind of fake it till you make it, wait till that second trimester. Um, if you have quality couples, absolutely tell them, uh, they're gonna be excited for you. Some of them will send you gifts. Some of them will ask you about the baby all the time as if that's more important than their wedding because they're freaking awesome like that. And others will be like, awesome, cool. And then like, that's all you ever hear of it. Do not let that hurt your feelings. They are not here to coddle how you are excited about this life stage and this new thing in your life, okay? You are there for them, okay? The only reaction we're going to be concerned about is them being rude or hostile or, or not okay, like not supportive of it, okay? It can be really easy to be emotionally connected to how they respond and tie into the way we serve them, the rest of it. Like some of them just like, they're not interested in having families on their own. Like that's just not a thing for them. It's not on their radar and they're not going to have the appropriate excitement level that maybe you in this life stage have or would understand. Okay. So be fair with them on that. It's okay for them to like, that's cool. Awesome. Good for you. And then like move on and it never come up again. Like that's going to happen too. So fair warning. Don't be afraid of the jerks. Let them show their colors, transfer them off, fire them. I don't care. Go through that stress up front when you still have a little bit of that energy, get it out of the way and be done with it or find solutions for it. And we'll talk about that a little bit too, but to have a baby as a wedding planner, you're going to have to have additional staff. There's no doing this by yourself. So ultimately you're, we'll just get into that solution. Ultimately your solution is to transfer them to someone else on your team or to outsource subcontract someone from another planning company and just pull them in for this particular event. That's, you know, that's going to happen. Don't be afraid of the jerks. If they're not going to be humans supporting humans and you don't want to work with them anyway, and you need to remove that negativity sooner rather than later, because it'll only get worse and harder. Vendors, do you tell your vendors? Do you tell your wedding pros and partners? Yes and no. Your market may dictate this, okay? I would encourage maybe starting with just a few trusted for as long as you can. And you know, it's interesting because in some markets, like my wedding pros are, those are my friends. Like That's who I spend my time with and have the same hours as me. So it creates natural space for friendships because my other friends outside of this industry that like I grew up with or like that I would meet wherever, like, they do things on Saturdays and I do things on Tuesdays. Does that make sense? Right. So like my wedding pros are my friends. My, my vendors are my friends. So that's a weird conundrum. Do I not tell my friends? That's weird. But then, so you get to decide where they fall on that spectrum and if you should tell them, but I would start with just a few and the ones that you work with the most and are going to need the most support from. Okay. So lean in for that support and don't feel bad about it. 
you've supported them on things. And if you haven't, you surely will. That is part of teamwork. That teamwork goes both ways. So whether they're supporting you through a pregnancy and like having a bad day or, a, you know, we call it mom brain, like a forgetful day or just like, God, my body is tired and it hurts because I'm growing a human inside of me. And that's real. And I just need, I need some support or so whether they're doing that for you or, you know, one of them loses a parent or um, is going through a divorce or has to, you know, loses a dog or like a pet or something like we're all going to go through things that require support. Okay. So teamwork makes the dream work. I would not go blanket broadcast it. You do you. But I think that if you can lean in on a few, especially like your caterers or your florists that like, man, heavy lifting categories that like really make or break. And like, you're going to really need them to know what's going on with you. Go for it. Sales. How do we navigate sales when we got our little baby bump going on? Okay. Or maybe who cares? You're going to do it virtually, right? And they're going to receive your bump, but like suddenly we're puking because baby just, you know, is doing that to us and there's no scheduling anything because that's our bodies are, are in control. <laughs> our bodies dictate what happens hour to hour. Okay. So like we can try to schedule it and then we're gonna have to cancel it. What does that look like? Okay. So first off in a perfect world where like our bodies are a little more stable and we can predict things. Some pregnancies are like that. And like, bless you humans who experienced that. I did not. So I'm grateful that you, <laughs> you get that. Good for you. Do your sales calls over, like, the solution is simple. Sales calls over the phone or Zoom. I mean, like we're all used to that at this point anyway, keep it up. And I kind of always did that before Zoom was a thing for consults anyways, but I think our world has changed to that. Like we're not going back to in-person meetings the way we did before. We're absolutely, sales calls over the phone are easy. And no, you don't have to tell them. You are not a broken human. You are two humans, actually. <laughs> two beautiful, thriving, awesome, perfect humans. Okay. So no, you don't have to tell them you're not broken. There is not, nothing's going to go wrong on their, on their day, just because you're pregnant. Nothing's, you know, like just take the leads that will work around your due date and your leave time and not just your due date and your leave time. You need to anticipate that like a month leading up to your wedding, you could go into labor. Okay. So like if you're going to be early, like it's typically a week or two, maybe three, anything earlier than two weeks is you're, you're running into like something bigger is happening. Something bigger is going on. And that happened to me. And we had to induce my second one three weeks before the wedding or three weeks before her due date. And I had a wedding the week, four days after we induced her, I had to make that phone call and say, Hey, look, guess what? I just left my doctor's office and they told me to just go ahead straight to the hospital. So here's the plan. Okay. And we'll get to that in a minute, how that really looks, but you need to have some margin a few weeks leading up to it. Forget if the baby comes early, you're not going to feel like it. You're going to be so tired. You can do it. You are a strong, capable human. And I know you can go and you can sit on a chair and you can tell, use your brain and you can tell your staff how to do what needs to be done. Okay. And that's all your couples need to know. We'll get to this too. They're going to ask you these questions. Well, like, are you able to do it? And the answer is, yeah, absolutely. My staff is totally, I'm going to sit there and we're going to, I'm going to be the command center. That's how it works in a lot of ways. What if I broke my foot? Okay. So like the good thing is that we at least know I'm pregnant and we've got nine months to navigate that. Whereas if I break my foot the day before my wedding, like surprise, we just got to figure it out and there is no plan. Okay. So shift the way they're thinking about it. That wasn't in my notes. So I just kind of like do to do, but that's fun too. It was good information. I thought it was good. So do your calls over zoom. Don't feel like you're broken or that you have to like confess this thing. It's not a thing. Okay. Um, it's just kind of how life works. We, we grow up and we have babies for those that want to, or maybe not all of us that want to, but you know, 
it happens. I digress. That's a whole nother topic. And then we, yeah, take on the leads that work around your due date and your leave and whatever. So we're talking, this is where we left off. We were talking about how you need to have some margin leading up to the date. Now let's talk about after the date. Okay. So how much time can you take off financially? How much time do you want to take off as a new mom? How, what are the other things going on in your life? Do you have other kids? Because your first baby, it's like hard in one way because you don't have a clue what you're doing. You're learning it as you go. And quite frankly, thought about being a mom from the 16 year old that lived across the street that babysat all the time. It was around babies constantly. I was never around babies and she would come in and do, 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 and show me what to do. And I'm like, what is a whole, like, and then you got to figure out if you're life with your partner and a kid and that shifts your relationship and there's all these things happening. Okay. So like, not to mention that like your body has been obliterated, like either you like pushed a football that point, your hormones have not even flushed. You're still having hot flashes. You are not sleeping. There is tension at every angle of your life and your boobs hurt. The six week sleep regression is a living nightmare. That's when you're boobs crust over and want to fall off and we're getting real gross, but like, this is what you need to know. This stuff happens and and moms don't talk about it. And I'm going to tell you like, this is coming up. Okay. So minimum six weeks, that's like where you might get cleared by the doctor or you might get told, Hey, you need another two or three weeks to heal. Okay. So that's when the conversation starts. That's when they start checking for postpartum depression and all of those things. Okay. Like that's six weeks is sometimes even the start of all the stuff. Okay. Because the babies start to wake up a little bit. Babies are easy that I mean, easy. Some of you just threw tomatoes at me. Babies are, they sleep. And then all of a sudden they start to wake up around three weeks and you're like, Whoa, what just happened? And okay. Why are we crying? And and it's kind of like, it's a whole new thing. Okay. So I'm going to talk more about maternity leave in a second. I keep putting things off, but I promise I have it in a bullet point. I have it. I have this covered trade shows. Okay. So sales fine. I can do them. I can do them over time. Got it. Coach trade shows. Now we're in person and I don't have an option. Like, what do I do here? Okay. And all of our bodies are different. So some people show right away. Some people don't show till later. Some people um, hide it the whole way. Like our bodies are different. Our fashion makes a difference too. the clothes that we wear. You get where I'm going with that. So send a team member instead. Okay. So like I said, at the beginning, you're going to have to have staff to have a baby as a wedding planner. Okay. Whether that's like, <laughs> A friend that you, is pretending to be on your staff that goes that you train the heck out of for a day and they go do a trade show because you just trust them. Okay, that's your staff apparently for that day. Okay, you got to figure this out. This is the cost of doing business. This is what your couples deserve from you. Proper staff to do this right and well. And that can be hard to, to hear. That can be hard to swallow financially, but that's how this works. Okay, so... Don't, don't bring couples onto your, onto your books. If you can't serve them properly, like you've got to price yourself in a way that you can pay for proper help. Okay. So trade shows, send a team member, own it and don't worry about it. Someone's going to book. Okay. Like, so that's better than nothing, right? Go, don't worry about it. Don't be like, Oh yeah, baby, baby. Like, just like, it'll either come up or it won't, but don't be the one that brings it up and just be cool about it be cool with the questions that they have and just answer with confidence. Um, you know, like, so yeah, how do we respond to the concerns that either potential clients or current clients have, right? Okay. With confidence, we respond with confidence and we respond with the plan and we respond with assurance and we don't get too wordy and justify, we don't justify it or apologize or any of that. We just, yeah, cool. This is what's gonna happen. 
that's the air and the attitude I want to see from you. That's the level of confidence I want. Like, I want you to just go with them with a complete excitement. Like, oh my gosh, we're so excited. And here's the plan. And like, just don't give him, don't even give them room to be upset or have questions. Answer all the questions ahead of time. Of course, at the trade show, like, you know, you're not sending the announcement. So they are going to have questions. Like, how does this look? When is your, when are you due? And like, maybe that feels fair. Maybe that feels invasive. Maybe that feels a lot of different things to you, but like, I mean, you are showing up at trade show with baby bump and they do have a particular date and can they not ask when you're due? Try to remove the whole idea of like, it's so invasive. <laughs> like this is a big thing for them too. Okay. So like what you're going to learn as a new mom is that wedding planning kind of like feels totally different after having a baby, totally different, whole new perspective, whole new ideal client, whole new attitude and response system to your couples, right? Like it's not that your wedding day is not your as I became a mother, I was like, what's with this whole best day ever bullshit? Like, no, 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 no. Your wedding day is one of the best days. Okay. Life keeps moving, but they don't know that yet. They do not know that yet. And you cannot hold that against them. You just can't, it's not fair. And it's, that's really hard to swallow when we have such an emotional connection to what's happening in our lives. And then on top of that, there's hormones involved. Okay. Let's be, let's be scientific about this. Like hormones play a role in the way we perceive things, the way we respond to things, the way we feel about things, the way we can or cannot manage things. Okay. So yeah, let's normalize that conversation and not be like, Oh, she's hormonal. Oh, do you need a tampon? Oh, like, you know, like none of that. Okay. It's real. And that doesn't make you crazy. It doesn't make you, it's how the body works. Okay. So like, let's just be okay with those conversations. And yeah, I think that when it comes to handling concerns, don't give them a reason to be concerned. Just enter it with confidence, give them the plan, give them assurance. Okay, so what is the plan? What does all that look like? Let's talk first about how you handle outages. Let's talk about how you handle those bad days when you're puking all day, or when you're gonna have to cancel an appointment or going into labor early, or, oh shoot, now I'm high risk and I've got all these appointments or I'm on bed rest, okay? You've got to have a team. You have to go into pregnancy expecting the worst when it comes to owning a business, okay? We're gonna be optimistic. We're not gonna be like, you know, nervous Nellies and paranoid about like what could happen, but we as planners are going to have a plan in place for all of the things that can happen. So what are all of those things? All of those things can involve, great, you peed on the stick, now you're positive. You've got a positive sign. You're pregnant. You're six weeks along. Woohoo. It's all great until the next week you start puking. So in that first six weeks, seven weeks, when you're like feeling fine, don't think you can conquer the world with this. You've got to plan together on what it's like to wake up three or four weeks later, sick as a dog, or what it's like to, you're going to have complications or just not feel well, or you have, you're going to need a mental health day because at some point in the process, you're going to wake up and be like, oh my gosh, this thing has to come out of me. How does it come out? I don't want it to come out. And then you panic and you're like, I can't do that. I can't have, I can't give birth. And that moment hits you and you just like need a day off and you need to process and you need to be okay with mental health days. Okay. So like all of that, you're going to need naps. Naps are a good thing. Take those naps, plan for those outages, have a team, have an assistant or a VA or something like that. Okay. No one has to know you're not feeling well. No one has to know that like you're on a bad day. That's what your team's for to pick up the slack or just like maybe just don't answer the email that day. Who cares? Okay. 
be responsive and timely, but like, don't feel like you have to respond immediately to everything. Okay. You don't have to do that. Give yourself some grace. But like I said, some of these things are going to be the cost of having it's just the cost of business. And, and like I said, quite frankly, it's, it's what your couples deserve from you is to have these plans in place and to to have an assistant and to have someone that can help with the questions that are urgent and when you're not available. Okay. So what does it look like when you go into labor much earlier? Let me share my story. When I had Annie three weeks early, I called the groom and I told him I chose the lowest and this will vary per couples. Okay. This is how it worked with this particular couple and what needed to be done. I chose the one least emotionally connected to like the party. Okay. And I called and said, Hey, here's the scoop. And you know, what came out of his mouth. The first words out of his mouth is the baby. Okay. Are you okay? And I could have just burst into tears. People will respond. People will love you through this. Okay. Four days before his wedding is the baby. Okay. Are you okay? All right. And then you're going to have other responses. Some people are going to be really ugly about it, but I already knew, I already knew going into that at any point, what if I got put on bed rest at 20 weeks or any of that, you've got to know who's going to take over your weddings. And we'd already talked about it. It was already talked about, just like I talk about rain plans. We talked about pregnant, we had talked about baby contingency plans with my couples from day one. And so it was like, Hey, we're just going to, we're going to pull the trigger on the baby plan here. And he's like, he already knew what it was. And that was that when I went to the hospital. Okay. So map that out for them, introduce that person to them. That's going to take over, make sure they feel good about that person and know them and feel comfortable and, and make sure every single week that person is brought up to complete speed on whose wedding is that weekend knows enough details that if you go into labor in the middle of the night and can't contact them until, you know, (laughs) the morning they need to wake up and go do the wedding, that it's okay. They've been trained and they can do it. And that's why having a good system, having a CRM, having all of those things, team access is critical. Okay. What does maternity leave look like in all of this? Well, you get to decide. That's the beauty of owning a business, right? Work your bookings around it if you can, once you do know you're pregnant and you get to decide how long you want to take. We've talked about this a tiny bit, but you get to decide. And I said, minimum, I think you need six weeks. Some people don't get any at all. I didn't get any at all. Sometimes that happens. My lead planner actually with my second baby had to quit while I was in the hospital. Her brother overdosed and she had to move. And I mean, valid reason, right? So that was difficult, but I had a plan C as well. (laughs) Maybe you have a plan C and D in place. And so plan C hopped in and took over, but I was pretty involved. I didn't really have a maternity leave. I was on emails and phone calls and whatnot, but I was very clear with people and I still had my autoresponder on. And I was just like, I will, I'm here, but it's going to look a little different and we're going to have to all be okay with that. I just took control of that. We're going to have to all be okay with that. Do your very best to get 12 weeks. If you can, if you can get 12 weeks, Oh, just yes. Yes. I think in my perfect world, minimum would be 12 weeks, but in a, the reality of life in America, six weeks is like bare minimum physically, but 12 weeks is like, God, get it if you can, 16, if you can, Uh, even better. 16 weeks is like really ideal. Even 12 weeks can be a shock to the system. What does coming back look like? Well, you ready for some more truth bombs? Cause I got them for you. (laughs) If we haven't had enough already, I know it's hard. It's hard, but 
having a baby is hard. And I think the more you know, whether you want to hear it or not, will set you up for better success. So I appreciate, I, I don't know if you're still here, some of you may have turned off, but um, the ones that are still here are going to be better off for it. So gosh, I love y'all dearly. And I love you too much to not be really honest about some of these things. So what does coming back look like? Ready? Ready, psycho. Well, you're going to be tired. Like there is no tired like this kind of tired. Um, I don't even know how to explain it. There's no baseline that unless you've had some major fit, like major surgery or injury or like some sort of medical complication or something like I just, there's nothing that really comes close. It's like, I bet like, think about it. I mean, one method of torture that is used in militaries by militaries is sleep deprivation. So like, yeah, you're so tired. You could just like break. Okay. So that's why you really want to get as long of a maternity leave as you can. So tired. My first one slept through the night pretty quickly. My second one didn't sleep through the night till six months. Okay. So just because your first one was easy, just know that they're all different. They're all different. And if your first one was super hard and you're scared to do it again, lean in. The second one could be really easy. Okay. My first one was easy from the gate. And then after that got really hard. And my second one was super hard for six months and it has for the last five years been the easiest, most chill child. Okay. So they're both so different. Coming back can be tired. Working hours are not predictable. It is really hard to predict your working hours. So schedule your appointments in a way that you for sure have backup, like for sure have backup. Because if you get to a point where like you're working at home with a baby at home and you're by yourself and baby doesn't sleep, like it's scheduled to sleep, then you have to cancel your appointment. Or be honest with that client, like, hey, this is what's going on in the background. I'm, I'm going to be here for you as I can. But but that's fussy, right? Like, that's not fun for them. So then you need to offer them some other consolation. You need to offset that somehow. You can probably work at home with a baby for the first six months. Okay-ish. That's hard in its own way, right? But like, once the baby starts rolling and can like turn their body or start crawling, then like it's a whole, it's like, now you've entered Jurassic Park. Okay. So like, it's just a, a battle zone. Okay. Some of you out there do this. You work from home with kids and you rock it. Some of you are out there doing this and you really have no business doing it. And that's another truth bomb. Okay. Like it's not fair to your clients. It's just not fair to them. And quite frankly, I don't think it's fair to you or the baby. Okay. You can't be all things to all people. For me personally, I'll get into childcare in a minute. Okay. So I think that you can more manageably work from home with a baby for six months and then they start moving and it's hard. You're going to lose your margin. There's going to be tension at home. There's no way around it. The best marriages will experience tension in this. You just will. Marriages forever change when babies come into the picture. Okay. Set your relationships up for success prior to the baby and make date nights an absolute priority. Build it into your budget. Okay. That's not what we're talking about here, but I'm really passionate about this. And I just want to drop that in there. Your relationships will change. Your friendships will change. Things will change. Do what you can to set that up for success while you're pregnant. Okay. If you have questions about that, let's talk about it in clubhouse, Facebook group, whatever. So expect that tension. And when you come back, like relationships with your clients may shift and change. Okay. Right. So like it was fine before, but now they're arguing over where the cake table goes and you have this whole new perspective and you're like, who cares what the cake table goes? All the five options we're talking about work just fine. Just pick one. 
Okay, that's what meetings are going to look like to you now. Okay, whereas before you're like, fine, let's just argue where the five, what the five, you can just sit there and you can listen to them argue about the five options and like it doesn't phase you. Now you're like, guys, no, pick one. Okay, forgetful, going back to mom brain. So make sure you have really, really, really good systems. Get stuff done the night before. Make sure you have meal prep, like make a big breakfast casserole. And that's what you eat off in the mornings for the whole week. Pack your lunches the night before. Get your pump bags ready. Get baby ready the night before. A big hack for us was that not so much when they're baby babies, but as they got into like a little bit bigger and stuff, like whatever I wanted them to wear the next day, that's what they slept in. Because I'm not going to do the whole battle of changing my kids in the morning. That is like back to the whole Jurassic Park thing. Like you turn into like parenting dinosaurs, like no fighting dinosaurs every morning and kids clothes are so soft. Just put them in their kids, like put them in there and let them sleep. Do you prepare to do a lot of laundry and change a lot of clothes throughout the day? Back and half that. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. The ones that have kids already are like laughing really hard at that. Like the socks. Why? What? Where are the socks? I had 800 tiny person socks everywhere. Okay. I digress again. So another thing is we've talked about um, hormones, okay? Be really, 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 really honest with yourself. Google the crap out of postpartum assessments because your doctor might miss it. They really just might. Even the best doctors just miss it because they're not seeing you enough. They don't see you every day. And, and the, the questionnaires that they give you after at your appointments, like they're not foolproof, okay? We can slip through the, I had severe postpartum depression and we didn't catch it for eight to 10 weeks and we were looking for it because of family history. Okay. Someone that's listening to this is going to slip through the cracks. If you don't go ahead and start really studying it and start knowing what to look for and normalize that conversation, talk with your friends, talk with your friends. And if you've experienced it and you're listening to this, please share your story. Your story is someone else's survival guide. Okay. Hormones are real. And like I said, that does not make you crazy. All it means is you need medical support and attention and conversation. They can be balanced and they will naturally balance themselves out over time. For a lot of us, for some of us, they don't. Okay. I'm in year five. I'm at the fifth anniversary of being done making babies. I'm still a hormonal mess. And it all happened with my second child. And I have really good conversations with my doctors, okay? Don't be afraid to talk about it. You have got to advocate for yourself, okay? Hormones are real. You're going to have a whole new ideal client. Coming back, you're, that's all going to shift. The things that bothered you before may not bother you now. The things that you know didn't bother you are going to start to bother you. That's all going to shift. So start paying attention to those things and don't make big decisions in that first year. Don't make big decisions while you're pregnant. Don't make big decisions while you're postpartum. Okay. Ride the storm of the emotions, ride it because you will rise again. Okay. Don't make big decisions when you're in the weeds, take it one day at a time, one step at a time and plan ahead as you can. And, you know, be wise about your business model and your cash flow plans and, and those things. But like, it's so tempting to be like, F it, I'm done. Who are these people? And the world's against, you know, like it's really tempting to just full chop and leave. And I'm telling you, it doesn't last forever. Okay. Talk to your friends, talk to your peers, and they will encourage you through it. Let them encourage you through it. Let accept help. When someone offers to put together a meal train for you, heck yeah. Yes, please. Thank you. Done. And when someone offers to 
gift you a cleaning service for a week? Yes, thank you, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Use your words when someone comes into your home and they're visiting the baby, like hand them a broom and say, start sweeping, let's talk. I just did this laundry, will you help me fold the laundry while we talk? Don't let them sit there and just hold your baby and waste your time while the baby's sleeping on them when you could be sleeping during that hour. No, 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 no. You hold your new baby, you love on that baby, and you get that time with your baby while they look at the baby across the room and fold your laundry for you. Use your words, okay? Don't be afraid about that. Childcare, what does that look like? I know this is getting into a longer episode than we typically do, but I think this is a really, we've got to talk about this stuff. Childcare, there are a lot of different schools of thoughts here. So mine doesn't have to be yours, okay? Let's start with that. And we can disagree about it. And we can also disagree without being offended, okay? So like, let's not, just because you disagree with me doesn't mean that like I'm wrong either or that I'm a bad mom or that you're a better mom, okay? We're not going to play those games either here at We're Fine or in motherhood, as far as I'm concerned. That is toxic. We each get to decide what is best for us, what is best for our child, and what is best for our own family units, okay? So I'm under the impression, and what works best for me and our family is that I'm a better mom when uh, I have dedicated work hours that don't involve my children in the background, okay? And I think if 2020 has showed us anything, like it's hard to work at home with children, okay? So whether you have a child at home or not, you are seeing that happen with your peers. You're on Zoom calls and a child walks in and like bombs it, okay? So like, I think we've, we've all developed a little bit more empathy towards the challenge in that, in our culture, hopefully, because we need to have some bigger conversations about that in our country. If I stand on my soapbox for a moment, I'm a better mom when my children are in a different building. <laughs> so not just like in a different room, like we need to, they need to be in, in one building and I need to be in another building. Okay. So I've had, when, when I first was born, I had in-home nanny for about 18 months. She came three or four days a week. I don't remember it fluctuated here or there as my needs did. And that worked well because she really did stand firm. She didn't let uh, Ford come interrupt me and stuff like, but some aren't as firm and like, there will be distractions. Okay. And then there's this emotional thing that happens when like you leave your office to go down to your kitchen to get lunch and the child sees you. So you've got to work that out with whoever's the caregiver is on like, Hey, I'm going to come out make sure they don't see me. It's just a, this thing you got to dance around. Okay. I've done all the different things schedule wise. I've done partial days. I've done three days a week. I've done five days from seven to six o'clock. I've done all of it. Okay. Your needs may shift and change over time or in seasons. And that's okay. Your child's needs may shift and change over time and in seasons. And that's okay. All you got to do, all you can do is pay attention to what's in front of you and work with it. And I know there's a lot of planning ahead that is involved when you got to get on wait lists with schools and things like that, but know that, know that it can take you a year to get into a school. So don't like, go ahead and get on that wait list. And if you to get there and decide, Hey, I'm good with what we've got going on, then fine. Pull yourself off the wait list. At least get on it. Right? Like you never know, never say never. You're going to learn that as a mama. I think your business and your clients deserve for you to have dedicated childcare. And this whole, I can't afford it thing is like, again, just the truth bomb of that's the cost of business. That's the, um, that's, that's um, sure. Maybe we left our corporate America jobs to then go own our own business so that we can be with our children more. But like, I just have to ask the honest question. I'm not, if you do this well, good for you. But like the honest question I have here is like, 
is that, who is that, who is that serving? Because when I work from home and my children are there and all they see is my face in a computer, then like, that's not really like, I'm not, okay, cool. I'm like around them, but like, I'm not present with them and they know that and it's frustrating to them and they act out on their behavior. It causes, there's a lot of psychology that goes into that with their development, okay? So like, to me, I would just rather whatever those hours are a day, completely away from my children so that when I am with them, I don't have my nose buried in my laptop. But also too, <laughs> yeah, my kids see my nose buried in my laptop because hell yeah, I am a strong business woman. I am a woman that owns a business. I am showing my children that women can work and that women can be successful and that women, I'm showing, I'm showing, I'm teaching my children those things. And too, like, so here's an example. We were in Colorado last year and it was kind of a working, a workcation sort of thing. Like we were vacationing but like in the mornings we would work a couple hours before we went off to our like our hikes and stuff and my kid mom get off your computer come hang out with me and I looked at him in the eyes and I was like look you get to do some things that other children will never get to do but that's because mom has to work on her computer for a couple hours before we go have fun and it's okay to have those conversations with them and like train them around that but so yeah you're gonna have to find what works for you that's my soapbox on childcare. That was all supposed to be blended in with maternity leave and what coming back looks like. Now let's wrap up with this last thing. We are wrapping up. What about the wedding day itself? Okay, so we've talked about staff. You're gonna need to add staff. That's gonna have to be part of your plan is like, hey, yes, couple, no problem, I'm pregnant. I got extra staff, we're all good. Here's my plan C. I've got this company over here that's ready to jump in. Like we are set, okay? You're gonna have to add staff because you're gonna have to stop and take breaks or you're gonna have to pump. You're gonna have to work your pumping around the timeline, okay? To plan ahead on those things. And there are gonna be times where your boobs hurt so bad because they're so, so full. You're like, I just, oh, you know? And that, those are just, we do hard things for our babies and we do hard things for our couples and we can do them. You can do it. And to my knowledge and understanding at this point, they have pumps that maybe slip in your bra and pump while you move around. I, those did not exist when I was nursing and pumping. So I don't know much about them and I could be totally wrong, but maybe if you do know something about it and you're willing to share it with the group, do, okay? Yeah. Okay. You need to invest in a battery pack for your pump because there's not going to be a space at all times for this stuff. Now you can go back to my accommodating, my uh, podcast I had a couple weeks ago, accommodations for pregnant or nursing wedding pros and guests. And you can learn a little bit more about kind of things that are happening at venues and what maybe to expect in that regard. So that episode is available for you as well, but bring extension cords for that stuff, bring snacks, bring lots and lots of snacks and tons and tons of water. You're going to be famished. You will not be able, there's like not enough calories in the world to keep you going after having a baby. Okay. So like bring tons of snacks and tons of water, um, bring ice packs for your milk, because if you're working, I don't know what the rules are anymore. I don't know how many hours breast milk can sit out for me. I felt like for the most part, I could get home in time to get it in the fridge before I hit that threshold, but, uh, not always. So bring ice packs because maybe they have a fridge, but like also that's liquid gold. And I don't trust anybody with access to that. Like, I don't know what they're like accidentally throw it out. No, thank you. So bring ice packs in your own cooler. Worth it. Leave after formalities. I coach on this a lot. If you haven't caught it, I can't go, I don't have time to go fully into it. But the idea here is that there are people trained to close for you and you leave after formalities. You get them down the aisle, you help set up, you're there to greet them, all the fun getting ready stuff. You get them down the aisle, you do the formalities. And then when it's time for open dance, get out of there. 
go home, go feed your baby one more time, get in bed. Okay. You can do this. Give yourself permission to do it. And I, I, and that might even shift some of your business models to where you do that on any day without having a baby involved. Okay. Having a closer and working in shifts is awesome. Awesome. It's life-giving because you can, yeah, again, we've, we've got hold. I've coached on this a lot. Okay. So like I said, at the top, having a baby is no small feat and it is absolutely no small feat as a wedding planner. And I think this whole new world opens up this whole new, like feminist world of, uh, what, how women are treated opens up after having a baby. There's so many realizations about business and babies and, and all that's coming for you. And I'm so, so excited to know that you're entering this phase of life. It's beautiful. It is so fun. Yeah. There are a lot of truth bombs here. It's exhausting. It's really, really hard, but I will tell you that I have never been so proud of myself than navigating that stuff and getting through it and coming out on the other side. There is not anything I don't think I could accomplish now. Having done that, I believe in myself. I know I can do hard things. That is now my gauge and my barometer. And I'm really thrilled for you to have that because a lot of you have gone through hard things. And I've been through a lot of hard things before that too, like literal trauma things. Okay. So like, I'm not like dramatizing. Oh, we've all been through hard things, like literal hard things. Okay. So, but having babies is hard. It's so rewarding and, but it does change our lives and it does change our businesses and you can set yourself up for success. Community is important. Leaning in and having real conversations with your doctors are going is that's important and having your business set up with systems and staff is important. So super cool things ahead, super hard things ahead, but there is absolutely nothing like holding that child. And I'm so thrilled for you. So yeah, lean in. (laughs) Even through the hard times, there's a lot of really cool, cool, fun things. And it's like, the universe knows when you need that moment, that baby may cry and scream and having colic all day long. And then you get that one little look and you're just like, that's it. That's all I needed. It fills your cup. It's so cool. All right, friends, this turned into a long episode. Thanks for hanging in there with me. Share this episode with your friends. They, we women have to talk about this stuff. Sure. I was businessy, but I also, I got into like some just women stuff. And if we don't talk about this stuff, then we're blindsided by it and it's, and we all lose. Okay. Share this episode with your friends, get it out there and talk, just talk, create space for this. Okay. All right. Love y'all. Check you next time.